I thought what I'd do was I'd pretend I was one of those deaf mutes. That's a major spoiler. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm joking. Go ahead. Continue. That make for a terrible podcast. It would, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're deaf and mute. Man, that would be awful to try to podcast like that. It'd be impossible. Just, there's no point. There's no point. It's sad. But uh, what's not sad It's Ghost, shows, Ghost in the Shell standalone That's complex. That's not true. You're <laughs> lying. <laughs> Nothing sad or bad happens oh. in Get Sack. Okay. Uh, it's we're here. This is, uh, you're listening to Anime Arcade Podcast presents uh, Anime Chat, Chat, Chat with Logan and Space Cat. It's incredible. <laughs> the work you're doing is incredible. And yeah, we are. <laughs> we finished up uh, one of my shows, Gets. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Go this is a show. Light... Uh... Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Light, light spoiler. Light spoilers throughout, but nothing. Yeah. Nothing important. For sure. Yeah. Um, no spoiler section on this one. I didn't think it was really uh, necessary kind of get our uh, feelings across about the show but yeah ghost in the shell was a a fun watch not a happy watch it's very happy uh, a lot of good people. there are some good moments some happy <laughs> moments it's mostly just depression and despair but it's not fair. <laughs> without further ado we'll let you decide for yourselves on our uh discussion so thank you for listening and we'll uh Catch you later. So what 2030 is better? The one in Ghost in the Shell standalone complex or where we're headed? Oh, God. <laughs> what a question. I need a drink. That may not be quite fair. No. Um, since, for one, you don't know exactly what the future holds. And well, two, you don't know a whole lot about the geopolitics of Ghost in the Shell world yet. It's true. Yeah, I don't know much about America. Uh, other than that, they're scumbags uh, from the one episode I didn't watch. Yeah. Um, which is going to be worse? Both. Equally bad. Just like, bad spoiler alert-ish, there was a World War Three. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> We're well on our way. In the next 10 years? Yeah. If not sooner. If not tomorrow. Well, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> um, either way, it's um, pretty pretty decent foresight um, 
I think, some nice future prediction-ish levels for a Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. A 2002 anime. Wow, really? That old, huh? It's 2002. So they were looking 28 years into the future. I was but a wee little 11-year-old lad <laughs> when it came out. Uh, so like this was something of a gamble on my part. Um, <laughs> because we all know Logan. He loves his romance. He loves his kind of cute and soft and cuddly. Fluffy, happy, fun times. That's That's all he wants from an anime. <laughs> so... What do I choose to show him? I choose to show him grit, <laughs> dark, real world, future, <laughs> full adults. Um, not like yeah, just sort of print all adults. Very few uh, young characters. Plenty of uh, cute girls with ponytails, though. <laughs> the same one, <laughs> same one over and over, over again, <laughs> which I'm okay with. <laughs> Aramaki has good taste. <laughs> Oh, as we know, he's he is quite a ladies' man. <laughs> he is quite a ladies' man. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was uh, done by Production IG, uh, who were kind of in full force at that time. Uh, so, I guess, just what were your uh, first impressions? Like first few episodes, even though like the OP and ED. Uh, well, I know it's... The OP is very different. <laughs> yeah, very different from the rest of the show. Uh, it's the same OP all the way through, right? Yeah. Okay. I think I think one episode might have had like a different, like a soft opening. I, there's one listed on Mal, and I just don't remember exactly mm. what episode that would have been. Yeah, I don't remember because uh, we <laughs> we watched it the first time and we skip it every time after mm. that. Um, first impressions. Uh, well, I had kind of an idea of what the show was going to be about coming in. Um, because just, I did recommend this based off of Blade Runner. Yes, my my love of Blade Runner. This was heavily inspired. By Blade Runner, like a lot of the aesthetics, mm-hmm. so it's that shouldn't be a um, surprise. Yeah, and I'm familiar with uh, the the premise of Ghost in the Shell. It's you know kind of futury. I don't know spy government show, kind of a um, police drama ish. Yeah, it's I mean it's like it's not even police. It's no. they take care of. It's it's kind of more. Uh, like secret agent yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's a government agency that has access to a lot of things. Um, yeah. I didn't like know really what to expect coming in. Um, your comparisons to Blade Runner definitely had me intrigued. Um, and I don't know. It uh, Visually, I think it looks really good for being, you know, from 2002. Mm-hmm. I think um, the Blu-ray does a nice job. Yeah, <laughs> that I have. Yeah, and I think they do a good job, kind of uh, starting you off in the series. Because if I remember correctly, the first episode is about this like restaurant or whatever, <clears throat> and people are like, uh, what was it? The like the geisha waitresses kind of like mm-hmm. take some people hostages and then the major and the, the rest of the group kind of has to go in yeah just so as you write into they're on a job and they're on a job yeah um so it kind of sets the tone well in that way um and introduces introduces the characters uh kind of slowly throughout the episode um as we kind of get eased into the uh political atmosphere of this world mm-hmm. um with the various government agencies kind of uh wrestling for 
control over the situation. So this, if you, it was a couple weeks ago, but the American Empire was, yes, that's right, the American Empire. <laughs> um, the agents that were in that place, they were Americans. They were Americans. Yeah. So oh, that is like no. your kind of exposure really? to them. Because well, I thought there was like a, what, a military police guy or... Um, yeah, it's it's the whole like the foreign minister switched yeah. his cyber brain uh-huh. to like the other guy. Yeah, it's, it's that was probably the most interesting <laughs> thing is that like right away, it's like, are there any actual people in this show, <laughs> or are they just all super enhanced cyborg humans? Mm. Um. <laughs> Yeah, coming out of the show, like I think my one question was, does anyone actually have a brain, <laughs> a real brain? Right. I think, Who could say, honestly? That uh, actually, I want to say that that's actually pretty plays a pretty big role in the uh, second season. Okay. Um, which we'll get to. Eventually. We'll get to eventually. Um, but I think this this season. I feel like largely is trying to establish, bring up the question of like, what makes a human? Like what, what yeah. makes your, you know, how, what is your humanity? Like how, because, and kind of how do people deal with the kind of trend of cyberization, which uh, is a pretty interesting concept Yeah, of uh, basically people downloading their, brains they don't go into too much detail on it but um into a cyber brain as they call it Mm -hmm. where you can you know wirelessly connect other people or wire to them too sure uh i guess probably for more wire to wire there's like the dummy barrier thing where everyone's got like their own firewalls and (laughs) protections and get zoned out uh okay yeah all right. Um, how about like there's quite a bit of uh, CG in this anime. This is kind of somewhat early-ish CG. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of it? Honestly, I don't really remember much of it, which is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were definitely some cases of kind of wonky-looking background characters doing wonky CG, <laughs> 3D CG things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Like were the tachikomas? Yeah, tachikomas like the tanks yeah, were largely uh, fine. CG. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's no excuse for bad CG. <laughs> Budget. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Production IG had the big bucks back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I thought I thought the show looked really good. Mm-hmm. All things considered. Yeah. Like, what what year would you have thought it might have come out in? If I didn't tell you. <sighs> I mean, it definitely has a, a certain feel to it. It's definitely. I would it's not, say it's probably, not bright and colorful. No, it's not. It's <laughs> definitely not bright and colorful. Uh, I would say probably mid to late two thousands, mm-hmm. um, like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, it's only four years after Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Just, uh, from four years before Clonade. Yeah, <laughs> five years. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, any um. We can just go into the characters really quick. Okay. Because this, this show is largely episodic. There's yep. an overarching arc that takes... That's probably touched on in at least maybe eight, nine episodes, at least 
touch on or reference the laughing man, which yes. is the um, kind of main case of the show. A tough case to crack. Indeed. Um, where basically, I guess I'll just touch on the laughing man case really quick. Uh, I think it was six years before the events of the show. There was an incident where this uh, guy in a blue jacket uh, kidnapped the president of the Serrano company who deal in uh, micro machines. Micro machines. For, because they were developing vaccines for cyberbrain sclerosis. Yeah. And he basically kidnapped him and on national like a national news live TV thing. He kind of points a gun at him and threatens him kind of for everyone to see. Yeah. Tell before you to tell the truth. Yeah. To tell the truth. And then he uh, runs off and escapes, <laughs> but not before plastering his, uh, using his logo, like to cover his, his head. And I think, uh, I would think even people who aren't familiar with the show might've actually might've seen the logo before. I have a shirt with the laughing man logo on it. Yeah. I, I, like it was vaguely familiar to me, but um, it might be just totally out of the anime conscious at this point. Probably, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was interesting. Interesting to uh, kind of have that feeling of nostalgia without actually knowing what it was. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Um, yeah. So the characters. Yeah. If you want to uh, do the more fight. Yeah. Maybe we should just, I mean, you can maybe just run down like the quick and dirty or I can do it. There's a, yeah, I mean, sort of the major. Yeah. Uh, uh, thoughts on the major. Major was awesome. She's a kick-ass <laughs> character. Um, Fully. Uh, she has like a full and uh, I mean, cyborg body. Yeah. Like she just has like no flesh or bone period. No. Yeah. She's fully. Yeah. Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I appreciate her. Her uh, view on things, her personality, her just view on life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the things that she said were like very insightful, um, and she just kicks ass. Yeah, so. she's she's seen some stuff. Yeah, she has. <laughs> <laughs> she's been through a lot too. Yeah. Um, and then we have her team. I think the main the main duo is uh, Togusa and Bato. Yeah. Uh, Togusa is the kind of among section nine, which is the kind of secret organization that they're a part of. Um, Togusa is a former cop and he's the only one without any cyberization at all. Yeah. Probably has like a chip because I feel like everyone just has a chip where they can sync up or link up sync to the net, whatever. Uh, he also is married with a family, yep. two little kids. Yep. <laughs> that we get to see a little bit. Uh, I think he's the only one with a family of everyone in Section 9 at this point. Yeah. Because they kind of infer that it's probably too dangerous for most of them. I do wonder. You know, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but uh, in the one episode where uh, Bato is uh, talking with that boxer guy, mm-hmm. um, we do get to see like you know the picture of his family. Yeah. And it's Motoko and some random kid mm-hmm. i wonder if that is that just a cover thing or is that a who, i don't know who could say yeah who could say uh-huh okay 
but yeah, Bato, he is a. He's. I think he's also fully cyborg. Uh, yeah. They don't touch him much. Where his kind of thing is, he likes working out. Uh, he <laughs> buys a lot of weightlifting equipment, even though he doesn't do him any good. It's just kind of a. It's part of his ghost, uh, where it's just a part of him is working out, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just what brings him joy. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on uh, those two? I I think they're my favorite characters in the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. I. I would probably say Togusa was probably my favorite character. Um, just because he had like I think the most screen time out of anyone. He's the most relatable. He is the most relatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. He seems human. And, yeah. And that's good. And he makes mistakes. And he does. And yeah. it's like, it, that's okay. A lot of them make mistakes. A lot of them make mistakes because it's, it's tough because they're up against skilled and smart people too. Yes. That's, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of challenges they run into. Yeah. And Bata's just a, a funny guy. <laughs> He's a lot of good lines. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the team doesn't get as much attention. No. Uh, because we have Saito, who's the sniper. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, shoot, there's a Borma. Yeah, he really doesn't get anything. anything. He's just like another big guy. Uh, oh, there's Paz and Azuma. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, just I don't know. They barely get any time at all. Um, Ishikawa. Ishikawa is probably like the next. Like him, the major Togusa and Bato are like the main. Ghost in the Shell people. Sure. I I love Ishikawa. <laughs> it's really cool. If there was more of Ishikawa, he probably would have been my favorite character. I mean, but he's like, he's the hacker. He's kind of the hacker guy of the group where he spends all of his time doing research and he's not really a front lines He's got a great guy. beard. He has a great beard. <laughs> and of course, the head honcho, the chief, Aramaki. Aramaki. Yeah, I liked Aramaki a lot too. What a good boss. Mm-hmm. Though... He has to make some tough decisions. He does indeed. Um, that's what bosses do sometimes. That's what bosses do, and it's. <laughs> um, where should we go with this? Did the uh, the the assistant Android girls have a name? I don't think so. They might have like a model number. Maybe we should talk about the Tachikomas, since they're a part of Section Nine as well. Oh yeah, Tachikomas. They are a fully, I mean, they are a, what's called a think tank, is what they called them. They are kind of, you know, four-legged, they have a bunch of utility, they can be used for a military purpose, outfitted with weapons and such. Yeah. They also have a kind of a cockpit for you to put some inside or for them to ride. Mm-hmm. They have camouflaging abilities. Yeah. Uh, very handy. <laughs> and... Very annoying. They are... <laughs> They have an AI uh, that kind of in the bulk of the middle of the series, uh, we see changes in yeah. the Tachikoma from the first time we see them. Mm-hmm. Kind of stems from Bato giving his one, his preferred think tank, uh, a, uh, yeah. the natural oil. Yeah. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just it was kind of a, an exploration of the, uh, I don't know, awakening of a consciousness 
I suppose. In an AI. In an it's AI. like how much learning do would an AI go through? Like if you teach something to have like some amount of learning ability, mm-hmm. it's going to develop into something. Yeah. And I think they do an interesting job kind of exploring kind of the extent and what that could imply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I know you weren't as big of a fan of them. No, they just, uh, they were so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> they just talked a lot and I don't know. They were dumb. <laughs> they're not dumb. Dumb little <laughs> children. I guess kind of. Yeah. I, they, they're basically, they ask a lot of questions that kids would ask because, you know, they're programmed a certain way. Is there a God? Yeah. Is there a God? What's death like? Yeah, they they had some good moments, but I think for the most part they uh, just kind of annoyed me. Hmm. Did you like the episode with the girl and the dog? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the same episode, but I found the more interesting thing to be the uh, cyber ring they found. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was part of the same episode. Yeah, because that was what uh, Tachikoma kind of pilfered. Yeah, as she was. <laughs> Yeah, just stealing, just stealing stuff from people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that episode, but there were better ones. Sure. Uh, do you have, like, a favorite episode or two? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of... Like, you're not a big fan of episodic shows. No, and that was kind of a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, the overarching plot was The Laughing Man. They kept kind of coming back to that every few episodes and then finally just kind of stuck with it after a while. Um, But, yeah, some of my favorite episodes. um, I really liked the... There's an episode where Aramaki and the Major are in London. Like, the only episode where they actually leave uh, Japan. Uh, Technically, yeah. There's one where they're offshore... And on the one platform sure, where I sure. don't know exactly where that yeah, is. Yeah, we don't know where that's at. But uh, yeah, there's like this uh, lady that Aramaki knows who runs a a wine bank, a wine bank, or a, <laughs> a wine, yeah, um, stock place. Mm-hmm. Essentially, where they invest in wine instead of uh, stocks. Yeah, because they appreciate just like. Any other valuable? Yeah, it's material in wine when it ages increases in value, so <laughs> it's that kind of a thing. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun episode, kind of seeing Aramaki just kind of take control of the situation and uh, seeing the major circumvent uh, local authority. <laughs> yeah, because it's largely like Aramaki having to do like most of the work himself, the yeah. kind of setup to allow the major to actually help them later. Uh-huh. But I think that's the first time we really get. I think it's. Because we basically get two Aramaki episodes back to back. What was the other one? The other one was with his uh, the funeral of his. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. That ceremony. Yeah yeah. Afterward, where we basically yeah, but before that we get to see Aramaki in action, but he's not, you know, he's the chief. He's somewhere safe and. Yeah, he's doing the behind the scenes work. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any other episodes. Oh. Uh, the chat, chat, chat episode. 
Right. I, I, I did enjoy that. I kind of, I don't know. I, I think I'm finding that I enjoy episodes where characters just talk for the entire episode. <laughs> Nothing really happens. They just discuss something in depth. Because that's, um, that's really our first in-depth look at the Laughing Man case. And we get to see yeah. a bunch of people who aren't a part of Section 9. Basically just general public people. Mm-hmm. You know, any, it would be like any forum, Reddit, thread, sure. chat room, uh-huh. where people just throwing their own theories about the laughing man what is it yeah uh how what's the scope is there more than one like is it the same one doing multiple cases are there pretenders fakes uh phonies (laughs) and we as the uh major is uh sitting in yeah and kind of I think just trying to take in or just trying to get some different point of views to maybe get some gears going. I think, yeah, it was just kind of seeing what the public perception was as well as if there was any helpful hints that mm-hmm. dropped along the way. It's it's kind of funny actually watching that episode in close proximity to uh, Penguin Highway. Yeah. Because we get that one scene where uh, the kid's dad's telling him like how to solve a problem where you have to like, Sometimes you just need to like write everything down and just stare at it for a while. Yeah, and it almost might think that's like kind of what Motoko was doing, just yeah, staring at the. It was just like because he was just sitting and listening for, for the most, most part, of it. Yeah, where she just kind of let it kind of flow over her and just try and find any kind of thread that they can work on. Uh huh. I don't know. That's just something that kind of came to mind when we're watching Penguin Highway. Yeah. Uh, in that context. Um, another episode that I enjoyed was the Togusa episode where he goes to the uh, facility uh, the facility for people, mostly children, who have some sort of uh, cyber brain disorder. Uh, cyber brain closed shell syndrome. That's what it was. It's something like, like autism. autism. Yeah. I think that's probably the closest uh, comparison yeah. to make to that. Where we, <laughs> yeah, it's also one of the key uh, Laughing Man episodes. Yes, too. which is why I I think I really liked it because I thought it was well done. Because it it man, there's there's a part of that episode that really kind of like solidifies what the the Laughing Man is. Or like, ah, yeah, I don't want to say anything because of spoilers, but the Laughing Man has a catchphrase, mm-hmm. and that episode really kind of clicked with that. Yeah. So, and I, I appreciate the kind of payoff that that had. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. Yeah, because it ends up a minor spoiler. Like, it's this case is largely solved by Togusa. Yeah. He's the one who puts pieces together. Yep. Um that we see later. Uh because um I don't know if it's spoiler to say this, but the the kind of the inspiration not even inspiration, there's a lot of references to JD Salinger mm-hmm. and his novel uh Catcher in Catcher the Rye. In the Rye. Yeah. I mean, even the quote is lifted straight from the book as one of uh, 
think something that Holden Caulfield said. Uh, I meant to uh, reread or listen to Catching the Rye, but um, it's not available anywhere oh, really? as an audiobook. That's interesting. So, because J.D. Salinger is a recluse and doesn't want anyone doing anything with any of his stuff. I see. Huh? <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Because <laughs> in a way, it <laughs> doing that kind of stuff kind of goes against some of the themes in Catching the Rye. Yeah. About phonies and fakes. <laughs> and yeah. Um, do you have let's let's uh go on to the technology that's okay. used so the first few episodes kind of introduce a little at a time different pieces of technology mm-hmm. we start with like cyber brains yes we get the uh the reveal of the interceptors which yes. the police department was putting in their own agents <laughs> uh, their own officers where basically they get to look through their eyes 24 7 creepy uh, it is very big extreme, big brother, whether they're on the job or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's also like another Kotoka's episode yeah. early on with his uh, former, uh, former uh, partner, officer, yeah. partner, uh, and their whole thing. Why is he showing his wife can do this too? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... The technology, uh, how do you think that we're working our way towards some of those things? Like, which which one of those things do you think is like most likely to happen? I think like every, of the various technology in this in the show. I think cybernetic bodies are feasible mm-hmm. um, from the very little that I've seen of that kind of work. Uh, cyber, Maybe not brains. Cyber brains, I don't believe is possible. <laughs> Um, at least not with any technology that we have currently. Uh, I don't know how you're supposed to download yourself to, uh, you know, a digital format and survive that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I'm interceptors, sure. I mean, it's just like small cameras, right? Like cyber eyes. That yeah. seems pretty, pretty feasible. Pretty, pretty feasible, and very versions of that have been used to help blind people. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, so I think a lot of the like the body uh, cybernetics are definitely things I could see coming, you know, into being. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the uh, terminals and like the ways that they're basically they're, they're computers. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like they're all the computers like full dive. I mean, it's basically AR um, mm-hmm. and yeah, some VR, and some too. VR. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, the AR stuff, sure. I could definitely see that happening, um, especially if we've got you know, more cybernetic like eyes and maybe ears and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, full dive, I still, again, I don't know. As much as I would love for that to be a reality, uh, I don't know the feasibility of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope they figure that out, though. That'd be cool. But... All that cyberization, yeah, leading to the cyberbrain sclerosis. No, which is like hardening of the parts of the brain that for people who have been cyberized. Uh, that's kind of the way that I understood it. Like people who are getting some kind of cyberization or 
uh, yeah, various parts of their bodies, or or maybe just their brain. It might. I think it's just the brain. Yeah, where they kind of start losing function. Yeah, in it, and that tends that leads to the kind of the whole laughing man thing. But I'll kind of I think I'll just leave it there. Yeah, I think it's better kind of discovered. Yeah, but uh, there are downsides, which I appreciate them not just going full on. It's all great. Sure. Yeah, future stuff. <laughs> and we get to see, I mean, there's a lot of people using this stuff for ill. Sure. It's yeah. bound to happen. Mm-hmm. So with everything going on currently, <laughs> this, not on purpose, um, but there's definitely some themes in here that feel very relevant to today. Uh with kind of big corporation, yeah, a lot of corrupt governments, yep. um, some corruption like high up in the police department. Weird. Uh, where it's, gosh, it was just one line later where it's, you know, we need to, we'll take care of this after the election. It's like, yeah. damn it. God. <laughs> Why does everything revolve around elections? Why can't we just like kick people out that should be kicked out? Because power is everything. Freaking criminals. Yeah. Uh, and kind of the, even the hopelessness that Armaki has sometimes. Yeah. He's just the head of like this special forces section and he yeah. can't do everything he wants to do. Yeah. He can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Some very extra legal things. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you have any? Uh... Yeah, I think it's very reminiscent Um of our times in that way. <laughs> lots of corruption, lots of uh, bad people in high places. Uh, I hope there's uh, departments out there like Section 9 <laughs> to help correct things. So do you find yourself rooting for The Laughing Man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely side with The Laughing Man over... Uh, almost everyone else in the show. Yeah, he's a interesting guy. Yeah, it's like they it's it's very complicated. I the he's a cyber terrorist in quotes um because, you know, he does hack things and he's like a super hacker and all that. But I think the things that he's doing are inherently good. Mm-hmm. And the fight that he's trying to fight is inherently good. Um, maybe not going about it the best way, but the only way that he knows how. Which again, it's pretty relevant to yeah some uh, things going on currently. Yeah, uh, um, I completely agree with uh, his sentiments about many things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a fan of the Laughing Man. <laughs> now you know I own a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so. In the last year or so, yeah. we watched a few shows uh-huh. that take place in the near future. We have <laughs> sure. Ghost Shell, Sentinel Complex in 2030. Okay. There was Planetest, which is like 2070, okay. I think. Uh, we watched Robotics Notes. took place in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Aria is like 2,200 <laughs> Okay. That's a little, <laughs> a little, little too further far out. out. Okay. Um, well, that's the world I want <laughs> Of, of those three shows, uh-huh. not including Aria, sure. Uh, which do you think is most feasible? Or 
which which future do I want? do you think we're heading mm, towards, towards, or which one do you like like the best? They all have massive issues. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's wait, what are the shows? Uh, robotics the show. notes. Robotics notes. Oh, which is basically test. takes place today. I Planet Test is like 2070, 2060. Yeah. And then Ghost in the Shell is 10 years from now. Like, I think the world I want the most is Robotics Notes. I, uh, I think the world we're probably... I think both Planet Test and uh, Ghost in the Shell are feasible futures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're fairly responsible too. Sure. Like we're like in terms of technology advancement. Yeah. I think Planetus is really respectable on yes. not going overboard on like super technology. It's really interesting because um, at work the other day, I was talking uh, with my supervisor and one of our other coworkers, um, who are both you know pretty into SpaceX and space travel and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the topic of uh, space debris came up. Yeah, and cleaning it up, um, and how feasible that's going to be in the future, and how we're going to have to do that. And I was like, "Well, you know, <laughs> there's an anime about that." <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I just I found that funny, uh, and I think it's definitely Plant Test is probably the the most realistic of the three. Um, in terms of our future, just due to how far out it is, it's, mm-hmm. 50 it's like fifty years, years in, in the future. future. So, sure, we can have people up in space, and they can be cleaning space debris, and we can be—we're on Mars or whatever. We're on the moon. We're trying to get to Jupiter. Um, I think the political atmosphere of Ghost in the Shell is definitely one that uh, we are in. And we'll continue to be in for the next 10 years. And I think it's only going to get worse. I don't see it getting better in any way. It's a part of human nature, sadly. Not unfortunately. Um, but the technology of Ghost in the Shell, I don't think is... Uh, it's very 90s. It is very 90s, very early 2000s. Uh, I, I think it's ambitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you think about when it was made, sure. like cell phones... Didn't exist. Like smartphones didn't exist. Sure. Um, cell phones existed, but like barely, barely. So even like the computers they use, yeah, all feel a little retro, yeah, <laughs> uh, in a way. Like, uh, like, like every time, like Ichikawa or one of the other guys has to like do some like research or something, they put on like they pull the thing down, and put it <laughs> over their head. And the pachinko parlor, they put it on the mask. Oh, what a pachinko parlor it is, man! Or they use the uh, power of the <laughs> yeah the old people the old people's brains to like Jesus. help power one of the uh, the CIA's yeah. uh, <laughs> spy network. Um, Gotta love the CIA spy network. Yeah, the best spy network in the world, apparently. <laughs> but I would love to have uh, robotics notes, uh, AR, and uh, robot technology to be <laughs> the thing of the future. Yeah. That one, yeah, that one has the uh, advantage of being the newest sure. and the nearest prediction. Yeah, but still a prediction in the less. Yes, um, that I still really appreciate robotics notes, especially watching it uh-huh. the year it's supposed to happen and say, okay, like this stuff is Close. well within reason. Yeah. There's certainly prototypes of all these things in existence. Yes, which is cool. Yes, 
I mean, Japan even is building a Giant large robot. Gundam yeah. that can move, yep. which is awesome. More of that, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something that humanity needs. <laughs> you have any questions for me? I know Bato is your favorite character. Love Bato. Love Bato. Um, your favorite episode? Um, my favorite episode in the first season. Mm-hmm. I have a clear favorite in the series total. Sure. That was actually in the second, second gig. I did enjoy for just kind of a kind of cool episode. Uh, yes. Or yen sign euro oh, dollar yeah, symbol. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just a straight up kind of a assassin plot. Uh, it's episode 14. Some pretty cool uh, cyber arms in that one. Pretty cool cyber arm. Cool weapon. Shooting a shotgun full of yen. Yeah. <laughs> like, five, five, just, 500 yen coins. 500 yen coins. You know, fairly pricey. And, and kind of a cool reveal at the end. Basically about this kind of recluse billionaire. Yeah. Who developed the program to make himself money man was it doing a good job <laughs> it was doing a good job oh and bato made friends with a lot of dogs in that episode oh, that, cyber yeah. dogs yeah, there's just like some some like really cool like technology stuff in there yeah cool villain yeah uh and villain i mean an assassin. assassin yeah uh, uh just some cool stuff in there i i am a big fan of the uh i do like touch comas <laughs> I did buy my mom like this really neat little Tachikoma hmm. model. I'll have to show you when we go over there yeah, yeah. Uh, today. Um, I, I, I am a big fan of... Uh, see if I can find the name of that episode. Um, Tachikoma finding the dog, helping the girl uh, look for her dog. Oh. Oh, uh, Escape From. Yeah, episode 12. And the cyber brain, because it's kind of like a two-parter even, where you have the kind of main plot where the Tachikoma escapes and uh, runs into a girl looking for her dog. Yeah. And we just get some kind of neat, like, little girl and a robot going mm-hmm. around town. Yeah. Going up, going across the highway. <laughs> the girl riding on top. And then, you know, the Tachikoma picks up the cyber brain from this kind of flea market looking area kind of in the slums yeah and it turns out to be like a cinema yeah some dude cyber brain where he just he made this movie that people just love and never want to leave it's kind of cool yeah kind of bittersweet too um I also really like uh, the Bato episode with the uh, the boxer. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really dig that. Yeah. Because <laughs> any episode where Bato uh, gets kind of mad at people for <laughs> throwing, throwing their away their lives. Yeah. And it's like, because Bato has a massive respect for life mm-hmm. <laughs> that I really appreciate. And he never goes too far. Indeed. Because I know you didn't enjoy like the one-off episodes as much, but like that middle section mm-hmm. was probably like 
those are the rewatchable episodes for me. Those are the episodes where I can like sit down, put on a episode, sure, and like rewatch these. Yeah, because if I want to do Laughing Man stuff, I'd require to watch like eight episodes. Well, you don't have to. You already know. It's so like three or four. Yeah, true. Um, I will say that there is an episode that I did not watch. You can touch on that because um, I think it's worth noting for people who haven't seen the show and may be interested and maybe like me. Episode ten. Jungle Cruise. Uh, worth noting that it was initially skipped in the Canadian broadcast because of graphic content. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I believe, the first time, or, or when it did eventually come to Adult Swim, it's the one episode that has the disclaimer <laughs> on it because it's pretty gross. And what I appreciate about Ghost in the Shell is that all the characters are disgusted too. It's not glorifying it in any way. Um, but it's it's another Bato getting angry at people for and he uh sure almost goes too far. Mm-hmm. But uh he's got a lot of restraint. And it's also American CIA um doing something that makes a lot of sense. Uh but uh, still kind of scummy and yeah. sucks. But it's a kind of a believable thing the CIA would do. Sure. Or any secret agency. Sure. You know, not just, you know. Yeah. Just not, not just American, but any other country would probably do something similar if they had their own guy they want to kind of get rid of. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's gross apparently, so I didn't watch it. Um, it's about a serial killer. Yeah, who does really disgusting stuff? He's, I don't even want to really say it. Sure. Yeah, I'm reading it right now. It's not <laughs> yeah. great. Um, so if you don't like kind of gross, disturbing things like me, mm-hmm. maybe don't watch that episode. Not important. One-off episode. It it never comes up again. It doesn't come up again. It just kind of informs on a couple of characters. Sure. Uh, for like Bato and to a lesser degree some of the other crew. I kind of want to show you like. A clip from it at some point okay where it's just like this video killer videotapes like he records um his crimes okay and then he releases them to the public like, to the like slums he oh, okay. like releases like discs with the video on it and then with section nine they get one of them just seeing the reaction the reaction shots on them it's like it's really good <laughs> it's really good <laughs> Yeah, it makes me really like all the characters more because sure. if any of them were like not grossed out by it, uh, I would immediately lose respect for any of them <laughs> in uh, their line of work. Also, I didn't realize that episode five was directed by uh, one of my favorite directors, oh, yeah, Ryotaro Nakamura, oh. uh, who directed Kino's Journey. Ghost Hound. Is every episode directed by like someone um, different? There's a bunch of different directors, which makes That's sense. Interesting. It's just kind of weird that he directed the decoy episode. Okay. Which is one that kind of ties into the overarching story. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good episode um, where everything kind of goes to hell with the interceptor. It's the second part of that kind of two part uh, arc. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like 
that's directed by Nakamura. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I didn't notice his kind of usual calling card stuff. Yeah, but it makes me kind of want to go back and rewatch it and see if I can spy any of his normal things. Yeah. It's not surprising that Nakamura would work with these guys uh, because he directed Ghost Hound, which is a story that. Masamune Shiro collaborated on, and Masamune Shiro is the writer of Ghost in the Shell, the mm. original uh, mangaka author uh, for Ghost in the Shell. So they obviously ran into each other a number of times. <laughs> I think they're both fascinated by the brain based on the number of things they did. Because Nakamura also directed Lane, Kino's Journey. Oh, he passed away. That's too bad. Yeah. Native and I are. I'm being really slow on watching Lane, um, <laughs> but we've been trying to go through and watch some of his other library. Yeah, he makes unique stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and check that episode out and look for his normal stuff. So what would if you had to give this a score? Um, what would you give it? I think I'd probably give it a four out of five. Mm-hmm. Eight out of ten. Yeah. I thought it was good. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. But yeah, I enjoyed uh a good amount of what the show had to offer. I'm glad, because again, this was risk. <laughs> sure. Because I was like, we can get a couple of episodes in and you could be noping out already for various reasons. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh I appreciate you uh giving it a chance that's kind of what this is all about indeed and speaking of things a chance risks and chances uh the next show that we're gonna watch my pick is one that eric uh on the surface i think you know purely description wise is a 100 percent a show eric does not want to watch um and that's love chunibyo and other delusions because eric has a strong dislike for chuny characters mm-hmm um, but this is one of my favorite shows and I think, uh, you're hoping to give me a Chuni character that I can like their arc. Yes. I, I think cause we've talked about my problem with Chuni characters. Yes. Uh, where I guess I'll go into it. Uh, my biggest problem with Chuni characters is I feel like they don't, change mm-hmm. they don't grow up that's the whole point of yep. chunibyo the kind of adolescent syndrome uh-huh. if you will yeah where they're just perpetually acting childish and in another world like i like it on some levels uh-huh. it can be amusing but the characters often grade on me quickly yes there's very few exceptions uh biggest exception is probably megamine but, sure. Um, and even another Chuni character that I like is someone like uh, Okabe Rintaro from okay. Steinsgate. Yeah, because he changes. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I think I think Love Chuni Beyond Other Delusions uh, does a, a wonderful job of exploring the the mindset and uh, growing. Right. Because so. most anime, it's just here's a trope character. They're going to be like semi 
Like yeah, most stand- Trinity characters like side characters. Yeah, and they they just do nothing yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah, looking I, forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Kyo Annie, so mm-hmm. at least there's that. At least it'll look good if nothing else for you. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, unless you got nothing else. Anything else. Nothing else is nothing. Uh director of this is doing the next Blade Runner anime. I did not know that there was going to be a Blade Runner anime and I'm very interested. Did you ever watch the other one? The 15 minute one on Crunchyroll? Yeah, yeah 2022 or whatever or Blackout, whatever yeah. it's called. It's supposed to be like a prequel to that. Okay. So like, that's cool. Yeah. More Blade Runner. Yeah. I need to find more like serious shows to watch with you. <laughs> I need to kind of like find your limits. Hmm. Mm, I see. That's that's my new goal. That's your new goal. <laughs> I was trying to, I was I was trying to like make this a sneaky romance in a weird way, with the potential. The potential of uh huh. Yeah, I mean there were hints. There's the picture. There's uh, the whole thing at the end. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll see what Second Gig has to yes has to offer. Because after we watch. Uh, Love Trinity Beyond Other Delusions, we will be going back to uh, Get Sack. Get Sack. 2G. 2G. Second gig. <laughs> well, if that's it, um, I think we're going to call it for this one. Uh, thank you, Eric, for showing me Ghost in the Shell. I can now mark that off my, uh, my list pleasure. of shame. We'll watch the movie sometime, too. The original yeah. I-95 movie. It's pretty digestible. Sure. It's not too long. Do you have it? I have it. Okay. Maybe we'll find some time to do that. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, if you would like to you know, discuss Ghost in the Shell with us, you can find us on our various social medias. We're on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. We are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Yeah. Join us. Um, our website is animearcade.net. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com. And I want to just thank you all for taking the time to listen. And uh, we'll catch you later. Peace. Bye-bye.